0: Chapter 5 of Behind the Scenes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ruth Kidson. Behind the Scenes by Elizabeth Keckley. Chapter 5 My Introduction to Mrs. Lincoln ever since arriving in washington i had a great desire to work for the ladies of the white house and to accomplish this end i was ready to make almost any sacrifice consistent with propriety work came in slowly and i was beginning to feel very much embarrassed for i did not know how i was to meet the bills staring me in the face it's true the bills were small but then they were formidable to me who had little or nothing to pay them with While in this situation I called at the Ringolds, where I met Mrs. Captain Lee. Mrs. L. was in a state bordering on excitement, as the great event of the season, the dinner-party given in honour of the Prince of Wales, was soon to come off, and she must have a dress suitable for the occasion. The silk had been purchased, but a dressmaker had not yet been found. Miss Ringold recommended me, and I received the order to make the dress. When I called on Mrs. Lee the next day, her husband was in the room, and handing me a roll of bank bills, amounting to one hundred dollars, he requested me to purchase the trimmings, and to spare no expense in making a selection. With the money in my pocket, I went out in the street, entered the store of Harper and Mitchell, and asked to look at their laces. Mr. Harper waited on me himself, and was polite and kind. When I asked permission to carry the laces to Mrs. Lee, in order to learn whether she could approve my selection or not, he gave a ready assent. When I reminded him that I was a stranger, and that the goods were valuable, he remarked that he was not afraid to trust me, that he believed my face was the index to an honest heart. It was pleasant to be spoken to thus, and I shall never forget the kind words of Mr. Harper. I often recall them, for they are associated with the dawn of a brighter period in my dark life. I purchased the trimmings, and Mr. Harper allowed me a commission of twenty-five dollars on the purchase. The dress was done in time, and it gave complete satisfaction. Mrs. Lee attracted great attention at the dinner-party, and her elegant dress proved a good card for me. I received numerous orders and was relieved from all pecuniary embarrassments. One of my patrons was Mrs. General McLean, a daughter of General Sumner. One day, when I was very busy, Mrs. McSee drove up to my apartments, came in where I was engaged with my needle, and in her emphatic way said, "'Lizzy, I am invited to dine at Willard's on next Sunday, and positively I have not a dress fit to wear on the occasion.' i have just purchased material and you must commence work on it right away but mrs mclean i replied i have more work now promised than i can do it is impossible for me to make a dress for you to wear on sunday next pshaw nothing is impossible i must have the dress made by sunday and she spoke with some impatience "'I am sorry,' I began, but she interrupted me. "'Now, don't say no again. I tell you that you must make the dress. I have often heard you say that you would like to work for the ladies of the White House. Well, I have it in my power to obtain you this privilege. I know Mrs. Lincoln well, and you shall make a dress for her, provided you finish mine in time to wear at dinner on Sunday.' The inducement was the best that could have been offered. I would undertake the dress if I should have to sit up all night every night, to make my pledge good. I sent out and employed assistants, and after much worry and trouble the dress was completed to the satisfaction of Mrs. McLean. It appears that Mrs. Lincoln had upset a cup of coffee on the dress she designed wearing on the evening of the reception after the inauguration of Abraham Lincoln as President of the United States, which rendered it necessary that she should have a new one for the occasion. On asking Mrs. McLean who her dressmaker was, that lady promptly informed her—Lizzie Keckley. "'Lizzie Keckley! The name is familiar to me. She used to work for some of my lady friends in St. Louis, and they spoke well of her. Can you recommend her to me?' "'With confidence. Shall I send her to you? If you please. I shall feel under many obligations for your kindness.' The next Sunday, Mrs. McLean sent me a message to call at her house at 4 o'clock p.m. that day. As she did not state why I was to call, I determined to wait till Monday morning. Monday morning came, and 9 o'clock found me at Mrs. McSee's house. The streets of the capital were thronged with people, for this was Inauguration Day. A NEW PRESIDENT a man of the people from the broad prairies of the West, was to accept the solemn oath of office, was to assume the responsibilities attached to the high position of Chief Magistrate of the United States. Never was such deep interest felt in the inauguration proceedings as was felt today, for threats of assassination had been made, and every breeze from the South came heavily laden with the rumours of war around Willard's hotel, swayed an excited crowd, and it was with the utmost difficulty that I worked my way to the house on the opposite side of the street, occupied by the McLeans. Mrs. McLean was out, but presently an aide on General McLean's staff called, and informed me that I was wanted at Willard's. I crossed the street, and on entering the hotel was met by Mrs. McLean, who greeted me lizzie why did you not come yesterday as i requested mrs lincoln wanted to see you but i fear that now you are too late i am sorry mrs mclean you did not say what you wanted with me yesterday so i judged that this morning would do as well you should have come yesterday she insisted go up to mrs lincoln's room giving me the number she may find use for you yet with a nervous step i passed on and knocked at mrs lincoln's door a cheery voice bade me come in and a lady inclined to stoutness about forty years of age stood before me you're lizzie keckley i believe i bowed assent the dressmaker that mrs mclean recommended yes madam very well i have not time to talk to you now but would like to have you call at the white house at eight o'clock to-morrow morning where i shall then be i bowed myself out of the room and returned to my apartments The day passed slowly, for I could not help but speculate in relation to the appointed interview for the morrow. My long-cherished hope was about to be realised, and I could not rest. Tuesday morning at eight o'clock I crossed the threshold of the White House for the first time. I was shown into a waiting-room, and informed that Mrs. Lincoln was at breakfast— In the waiting-room I found no less than three mantua-makers waiting for an interview with the wife of the new President. It seems that Mrs. Lincoln had told several of her lady friends that she had urgent need for a dressmaker, and that each of these friends had sent her mantua-maker to the White House. Hope fell at once. With so many rivals for the position sought after, I regarded my chances for success as extremely doubtful. I was the last one summoned to Mrs. Lincoln's presence. All the others had a hearing, and were dismissed. I went upstairs timidly, and entering the room with nervous step, discovered the wife of the President, standing by a window, looking out, and engaged in lively conversation with a lady, Miss Grimsley, as I afterwards learned. Mrs. L. came forward, and greeted me warmly. "'You have come at last, Mrs. Keckley. "'Who have you worked for in the city?' "'Among others, Mrs. Senator Davis has been one of my best patrons,' was my reply. "'Mrs. Davis, so you've worked for her, have you?' "'Of course you gave satisfaction. "'So far, so good. "'Can you do my work?' "'Yes, Mrs. Lincoln. "'Will you have much work for me to do?' That, Mrs. Keckley, will depend altogether upon your prices. I trust that your terms are reasonable. I cannot afford to be extravagant. We are just from the West and are poor. If you do not charge too much, I shall be able to give you all my work. I do not think there will be any difficulty about charges, Mrs. Lincoln. My terms are reasonable. Well, if you will work cheap, you shall have plenty to do i can't afford to pay big prices so i frankly tell you so in the beginning the terms were satisfactorily arranged and i measured mrs lincoln took the dress with me a bright rose-coloured moiré antique and returned the next day to fit it on her a number of ladies were in the room all making preparations for the levée to come off on friday night these ladies i learned were relatives of mrs l's mrs edwards and mrs kellogg her own sisters and elizabeth edwards and julia baker her nieces mrs lincoln this morning was dressed in a cashmere wrapper quilted down the front and she wore a simple headdress the other ladies wore morning robes i was hard at work on the dress when i was informed that the levee had been postponed from friday night till tuesday night this of course gave me more time to complete my task Mrs. Lincoln sent for me, and suggested some alteration in style, which was made. She also requested that I make a waist of blue watered silk for Mrs. Grimsley, as work on the dress would not require all my time. Tuesday evening came, and I had taken the last stitches on the dress. I folded it and carried it to the White House with the waist for Mrs. Grimsley when i went upstairs i found the ladies in a terrible state of excitement mrs Lincoln was protesting that she could not go down for the reason that she had nothing to wear mrs keckley you have disappointed me deceived me why do you bring my dress at this late hour because i have just finished it and i thought i should be in time But you are not in time mrs keckley you have bitterly disappointed me i have no time now to dress and what is more i will not dress and go downstairs i'm sorry if i have disappointed you mrs lincoln for i intended to be in time will you let me dress you i can have you ready in a few minutes no i won't be dressed i will stay in my room mr lincoln can go down with the other ladies but there is plenty of time for you to dress mary joined him Mrs. Grimsley and Mrs. Edwards. Let Mrs. Keckley assist you, and she will soon have you ready. Thus urged, she consented. I dressed her hair and arranged the dress on her. It fitted nicely, and she was pleased. Mr. Lincoln came in, threw himself on the sofa, laughed with Willie and little Tad, and then commenced pulling on his gloves, quoting poetry all the while. "'You seem to be in a poetical mood to-night,' said his wife. "'Yes, mother, these are poetical times,' was his pleasant reply. "'I declare you look charming in that dress. "'Mrs. Keckley has met with great success.' And then he proceeded to compliment the other ladies. Mrs. Lincoln looked elegant in her rose-coloured moiré antique. She wore a pearl necklace, pearl earrings, pearl bracelets, and red roses in her hair mrs baker was dressed in lemon-colored silk mrs kellogg in a drab silk ashes of rose mrs edwards in a brown and black silk miss edwards in crimson and mrs grimsley in blue watered silk just before starting downstairs mrs lincoln's lace handkerchief was the object of search it had been displaced by tad who was mischievous and hard to restrain the handkerchief found all became serene Mrs. Lincoln took the president's arm and with smiling face led the train below. I was surprised at her grace and composure I had heard so much in current and malicious report of her low life of her ignorance and vulgarity That I expected to see her embarrassed on this occasion Report I soon saw was wrong No queen, accustomed to the usages of royalty all her life, could have comported herself with more calmness and dignity than did the wife of the President. She was confident and self-possessed, and confidence always gives grace. This levee was a brilliant one, and the only one of the season. I became the regular modiste of Mrs. Lincoln i made fifteen or sixteen dresses for her during the spring and early part of the summer when she left washington spending the hot weather at saratoga long branch and other places in the meantime i was employed by mrs senator douglas one of the loveliest ladies that i ever met mrs secretary wells mrs secretary santon and others mrs douglas always dressed in deep mourning with excellent taste and several of the leading ladies of Washington society were extremely jealous of her superior attractions. End of chapter five.